Rick, we are in a different context. Different intro, apparently, Yeah, too. different intro. Welcome to Simple Theology. Yeah. A podcast where we try to connect theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. Yes. We're not examining a doctrine today. Mm-hmm. We are in D.C. We are in the District of Columbia. Correct. I'm Rick Gromlick with Rob Kane. I'm Robert Kane. yes. And, um, so we're, we're here, here to talk politics. Exactly. exactly. Who, wait, no. who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Special guest. An interloper. Yes. We, <laughs> I'm we, busting in. Thank you for that. <laughs> so we are here. Some of you may recognize the voice, but we are here with Jonathan Lehman, yes. and we are in Capitol Hill Baptist Church. We are yes. right across from the Nine Marks Global Headquarters, right? Global. Global. <laughs> world sounds, world exactly. headquarters. That sounds pretty exactly. grandiose. It's about yes, 300 it square feet. Um, if. But they produce <laughs> massive amounts of resources. So yeah, Rick and I have been immensely encouraged by Nine Marks Resources. And so, yes. So, so Nine Marks Ministry was started out of Capitol Hill Baptist Church um, in the late 90s, I believe. Yeah. Um, by Pastor Mark Dever, as, mm-hmm. along with a guy named Matt Schmucker. Yep. Um, and they've grown since then, and they're they're exactly what they said, like nine marks of a healthy church. Rob, you got that? I don't know what that was. Our, well, that was kind of fun. Our audio engineer, you know? <laughs> I started to dance. <laughs> yeah, you did. Bring it back. Let's there was a gal dancing this morning in church. That yeah, was good. That I was, did see that. Yeah, that was good. We like that. That was. Um, so we are here. Rob, what are we here for? So we're here to talk about the nine marks weekender. And, and what is that? So I'm, I'm actually going to let Jonathan mm. answer that question, but before we get there... Jonathan and, Lehman. And just to clarify, yes. this isn't Mark Dever. This is not this, Mark Dever. I know you no. thought it was, and yeah, then you came know, to the studio, you were disappointed, Rob. So, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Rick, Rick said that the entire interview, he was going to refer to you as Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so that might not be a good idea. Living in the man's shadow. <laughs> so anyway, Jonathan is the editorial director for Nine Marks. I said, I said that really fast. Editorial mm-hmm. director mm-hmm. for Nine Marks. He is the author of several books, which we're not going to list all of them, but some of the most recent are the word-centered truth or the word-centered church, the rule of love, how the nations rage, and many more. He con- is a contributor for Nine Marks, the Gospel Coalition, Table Talk Magazine, Radical, Canon and Culture, the Washington Post, Christianity Today, and Jeez. more. So, Jonathan, go ahead and introduce yourself. And go ahead and feel free to add in anything that we didn't cover. Yeah, what you missed is that I'm the husband of Shannon, a mm-hmm. father of four girls, uh, four wonderful and precious girls. Um, Which is far more important. I am. Far more important. Amen. I am uh, an elder at Chevrolet Baptist Church, was here at Capitol Hill Baptist for a couple of decades, but then we left about a year and a half ago to plant just outside of the district in the, on the Maryland side. About 65 of us left. I was one of the non-staff elders who went. And I've uh, been going for about a year and a half, and that's fantastic. Love that. But yeah, you, you, you got the rest. I oversee Nine Marks Editorial. We try to reach pastors, church leaders in this country and around the world, in so far as we can, to point back to the Bible to say, hey, the Bible actually has a lot to say on what it means to be the church and to grow mm-hmm. as a church. And hey, you church leaders, don't just read your you know business books. Mm-hmm. Uh, read what the Word of God has to say. And so I'm privileged to oversee all the publishing that we do and and some of the speaking that we do. Yeah. Praise God for that. Rick, if you want to hop in here, we can just go every other unless you have something here. Well, I was just going to ask, I mean, how how did you end up in D.C.? How did you kind of end up where you're at now, ministry-wise, work-wise? Yeah, sure. I, I, well, I grew up in Oregon and Chicago. Uh, I studied political science as an undergraduate, did a graduate degree also in in political theory, Mm -hmm. 
Always loved politics. Thought I maybe wanted to go into politics. Moved to D.C. in 96 okay. with the hopes of, of somehow getting into the political sphere. Ended up as a magazine editor, International Economic Magazine, and uh, edited that and did some writing uh, along the way. And in that time, this is the late 90s now, uh, God called me from death to life. Mm. I repented and believed and put Praise my trust in Christ. And uh, towards the end of that time, felt called into ministry, so went and did a Master of Divinity. Uh, at the end of my MDiv, it, actually it was it was the church here, Capitol Hill, that called me back and said, hey, look, you were an editor and writer. Do you want to come edit some books for, for Mark Dever? So that brought me back. I didn't end up going off and preaching like mm-hmm. I thought I would. Ended up using my journalistic skills to edit books. And then started writing books and ended up doing a Ph.D. in, in kind of, well, you could say systematic, you could say political theology, wow. um, bringing my kind of two worlds of theology and politics together in my, my dissertation. And have been with Nine Marks since 2006, active part of first this church and then Chevrolet Baptist. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so a quick side it. question. You grew up under Reagan. Was that influential? Were you like one way or the other? Was Reagan highly influential in your desire for politics? And, then, we, and then we'll move to theology. <laughs> uh, I've never been asked that question. I, I mean, I grew up in a Christian, evangelical Christian household that I assume, I don't know that I asked. I, I remember the 1980 election. I was born in 73. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was about seven when he was elected the first time. And I, I have vague memories of that election. And then 84, I remember the, the commercials, yeah. Walter Mondale commercials and the Reagan, you know, there, there's a bear in the woods yeah. <laughs> threatening Russia. And Reagan yeah. was the one to protect us against yeah. in ways that, that, that Mondale wouldn't. So I remember those things. And I assume my parents probably voted for Reagan mm-hmm. um, just because of the kind of church that we were in. But I don't know that I was entirely paying attention in those days. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Now, yeah. I remember junior year of high school when the Berlin Wall fell. Yes. And that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't until college that I really started paying more close attention to politics in 92 and the Clinton election. And that's that's when I really started to pay more attention. Got all involved. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for going down that sure. rabbit trail with me. But back to Nine Marks. Um, we kind of talked a little bit, but could you just expound upon what Nine Marks Ministries what are they? What do they do? Yeah, what's that all about, right? Well, the name Nine Marks comes from a book that mm-hmm. Mark Dever wrote back in the early 2000s, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Now, that there's, there's lots of marks of a healthy church. These are the nine we're going to talk about. We're not yeah. saying these are the only nine. Mm-hmm. There's plenty. Just mm-hmm. expositional preaching, biblical theology, a right understanding of the gospel, um, biblical understanding of conversion, evangelism, biblical membership, discipline, discipleship and growth, and leadership. Okay, there, there's the nine. And, and the idea behind them, the kind of the worldview behind them, is, is in response to the fact that through the 70s, 80s, 90s, a lot of church leaders looked to the marketplace to determine how we grow, build churches. How do you attract numbers? What do you have to do to be sensitive to seekers? How do you draw people in? And pastors for several decades were governed by that sort of thing. And I think Mark came along in Nine Marks, and he gave it sort of a church growth title, yeah. Nine Marks of a Holy Church. <laughs> but really, behind the packaging was good old-fashioned biblical wisdom, ordinary means of grace mm-hmm. ministry. And when I say ordinary means of grace, I mean, what does the Bible tell us to do to grow churches? Preach the Bible, pray the Bible, sing the Bible, read the yeah. Bible, yeah. see the Bible yeah. through Live the ordinances. 
And so what we are trying to do is, is encourage members with the power of God's word uh, for our ministries and our life together. So, yeah, we do. Practically speaking, that means we write books. We have a website. We release a journal. Mark and I do a podcast called Pastors Talk. Uh, all this you can see at ninemarks.org, number nine, M-A-R-K-S.org. And, uh, and then we do conferences like this weekender that you're that you're yep. both a part of right now, as well as out on the road. We do a lot of conferences. Increasingly, we're trying to get into other countries as well. Yep. Now I um, I want to know. So I'm going to ask you what exactly the nine or the weekender is. But before that, you mentioned that you guys do a podcast and it's pastors talk. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying this to toot your horn or nine marks horn. It's but- almost as good as ours. <laughs> No, it is. It, it is no. far better. Almost However, as many listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I, can't, I I'm, I'm saying this for the listeners because we want to give them good resources on each of the episode pages that we do on our website. We try to do recommended resources. Nine Marks Pastors Talk podcast is a where fantastic. pastors talk exactly. I love the title because it's so easy. <laughs> However, it is a phenomenal podcast. I am not yeah. a pastor. Someday I hope to be. However, just being able to listen to that, mm-hmm. the simplicity behind the things you guys are talking about. And the practicality behind it is yeah. really helpful. Well, it's weird yeah. because we are like, hey, let's just aim for insider baseball here. We're just going to talk to pastors. So we're going to go nitty gritty. We're not yeah. going to try to go broad. And so we assumed that nobody else would really pay attention. But we've been sort of surprised to hear friends of ours who aren't pastors and others who aren't friends but and aren't pastors, just like people we don't know, that is, yeah. say, hey, it's really interesting and helpful. And we're just like, okay. Yeah. Well, and, a, and as a pastor, you're getting into stuff that, people don't talk about yeah i mean and it's not like hey go read this 500 word book about it it's like hey here's an episode on it yeah now the cool thing about you guys is you probably have a book coming out or have released a book about most of these things and so there's plenty of resources but it's just a great resource to oh, tune in and we can you. link to that yeah in the show it, well in, in the books that you guys release they're, they're mm-hmm. nice small compact mm-hmm. books i feel really comfortable handing anybody in my small group anybody at our church it's not overwhelming to pick yeah. one of those up but jonathan thanks brother what is a weekender? Mm. Weekender is probably the most powerful thing we do as an organization, as a ministry, because it's sort of like church show and tell. You know show and tell. You go and here's oh, my yeah. teddy bear. I, I love my teddy bear. His name is George. Here, touch him. He's got a you know right. poofy belly. Mm-hmm. Isn't he soft? Okay. Well, the weekender is that for a church. Okay. Right? So church leaders come in. We talk to them. We tell them about what we think. Tell them about what has happened here. But then you like actually sit in on real live elder meetings, real yeah. live membership classes, and then of course the church itself, the services themselves, and so forth. Along the way, we intersperse it with lectures and a lot of Q and A. We d- deliberately limit it to 150 people, so that we can do a lot of the interaction, a lot of the Q and A. Like, well, well, our, our building really wouldn't hold more, but even if we could, we we, we like keeping it small-ish. So it lasts from Thursday night's elder meeting all the way through to a Monday morning. We are now Sunday afternoon, and you guys have this evening and tomorrow morning to go. So you may go through all that and be like, no, let's not release this. (laughs) It didn't turn out so good after all. Well, we did say we we had the warning. If it... (laughs) If it's all hot garbage by the end, we're just, we'll just record some on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't need to release this interview. Yeah, it, no. So far, it has been phenomenal. It has. Um, and we, we were actually, when we saw the list of all the people staying in different housing, we were like, 80 people, man. We thought this was like 30 people. We're not going to have any personal interaction or anything yeah. like that. But it ended up being like 
150 people, like you said, and it has been far more personal than I had even expected. Yes. So kudos to you guys. Something we often say is Capitol Hill Baptist feels a bit like, and you guys probably remember Ryan saying this, not the, the executive director, it's, it's a bit like Jurassic Park. People mm-hmm. walk in they're like, seriously, there's still dinosaurs here? Yeah. So um, We've tried to make the dinosaurs come alive. The other Friday night, we're, we are observing a introduction membership class. And Mark Dever, you know, who's decently well-known in, in the circle of reform guys, evangelicalism. Big personality. Big personality. Kind of a ham. <laughs> so your words not mine <laughs> but there he is doing this class for like 12 people yeah and this sweet young gal is new to the city she said are you guys how how are you connected with um the nine marks thing and mark's like well um i wrote a book by the title nine marks of a healthy church and she said shut up no, you didn't. <laughs> She's like, that's you guys? She's, he's like, yeah, the headquarters is right up there. She's like, I've, I've moved away. around multiple different cities. I yes. keep using the website huh. to find healthy churches. That's but I, I say that to say that the, the the personable part of it, that here, Mark, this is his church. This, he's shepherding these people. And same with the weekend or the fact that we're all these guys in, all this stuff, but you guys, Nine Marks people, are willing able and ready to engage with us well i like the fact that she told him to shut up <laughs> <laughs> it was good your it, words it, not mine well he pointed up he said there's actually a weekend going on where a lot of pastors oh, come yeah. in and view this and she just looked up at all of us in the balcony and we just waved and oh, she just got funny. all flushed She's like, oh my God. that's <laughs> hilarious it was, it was great it was it great. was rich so how long have you guys been doing the weekenders I want to say they started in the late 90s, 98, 99. Okay. So pretty and, soon. And, and we started them, I should say they, I was a part of them until 06. They started them uh, before the church was quote unquote healthy. That's pretty soon since Mark kind of came in. Yeah, that's role. right. He came in 94. And in the early years, there's a new constitution and establishing elders mm-hmm. and different el- plurality of elders. And, you know, there was a number of arguments in the members' meetings. People would get mad at each other. And in the first weekender, for instance, uh, I was uh, I, I was there, but I, I don't personally remember this because I was just a member. I wasn't really paying attention, um, at like uh, in the same way a staff member would. Um, you know, I think there, I've been been reminded that there was an argument over a radio program or something like that. They were thinking people were saying, "Hey, we should put Mark on the radio or whatever," mm. and there was an argument and this and that, and we were just saying to other pastors, "Hey, come in and watch us, you know, work <laughs> through, it out, work work <laughs> yeah. through our family arguments." Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, it began then, and it's we had to, we did them three times a year, every March, every May, every September. Wow! wow. And, then, and what what was the goal? What's the heart behind the weekenders for those who might be considering? It's to present a model of what we think, by God's grace, is a healthy church, mm-hmm. and to make it real and practical and concrete. It's yeah. one thing to read about in a book. Like you can read a book about healthy marriages, like what you should be like as a good husband or a good wife. Right. But then when you like sit at the family dinner table with them yeah. and you watch him treat her a certain way and her him a certain way, you're like, oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Ahead. So so that's what we're trying to bring you into the family so that you feel and see what church health or one version, we're not the only healthy church. There's plenty yeah. of them. We're just trying to play our part. One version of a healthy yeah. church can look like. And as, as a, like I said, as a pastor from the outside, sometimes you can look in and you see, you're like, wow, it must be nice. They have it all figured out because they have all their theology is great and they have all these guys. And I'm sure it's clean and crisp there over at Capitol Hill Baptist. Must be nice. But to have 
people come in and be like, you know what? This is family, and family's hard. Yeah, that's right. Family's messy. However, the healthier we can view things, the healthier we are in certain areas, the lot better our family's going to function. And I'm sure since since 1998 when they started, um, the health of the family has, has grown. And so there's not as maybe as much mess per se, but it's still, it's real. There are hard things. You know what I mean? I, I do. In some ways, yes. In some ways, no, because sinners are always sinners and we're always trying to work through living together as sinners and forgive one another. Mm-hmm. So let me put it this way. Pharisee, quote unquote, health is different than gospel grounded Christian health. Hmm. Pharisee health is, hey, look how shiny my robes are. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. how well I pray. Look at all these verses I've memorized. Look how righteous I am. Yeah. But yeah. we all know that's not real health. Mm-hmm. Gospel health, Christian health is, hey, um, I was a little severe with my kids, and uh, I, I think I raised my, my, my tone some, and I just, I just I didn't speak to them as I should have, and I, I wasn't kind to my wife. I, I wasn't living with her in an understanding way. Brothers, can you, uh, can you encourage me? Or I just wanted to confess that to you, brothers. Um, okay, Jonathan, let's, let's, let's take you to the gospel again. Let's talk about your forgiveness, but then let's also talk about what uh, forgiveness looks like as you seek to obey. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that little mm-hmm. vignette, right. Mm-hmm. Is, is I think closer to gospel health. Yeah. And now take that across the church. A healthy church isn't one that's Pharisee like it's one that we confess our sins. Yes. We work through tough stuff. We're honest. Uh, so I, I, I wasn't, I didn't sit in the elders meeting Thursday night where you guys did mm-hmm. since I'm not an elder here in, anymore. Uh, I, I don't know what pastoral care issues you dealt mm-hmm. with, but typically at an elders meeting like the one you sat in on, you're, there's going to be a lot of tough things, mm-hmm. ugly things. Absolutely. And you're going to see elders wrestling, some thinking, oh, we should do this. And others thinking, no, we should do that. And even even the elders trying to find unity, working, striving for unity amidst tough family business. Yeah. So. Yeah. I and mean, we did get to witness all that, which was immensely helpful. So since the Nine, nine Marks Weekender has started, maybe some early things did you guys go through any mistakes that you say, oh, man, we definitely shouldn't have done that? Things that you're trying to fix since then, things that they maybe... They probably just crushed it the whole time. They just nailed yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But then <laughs> yeah. but then on the backside of that question, what would be your vision for it for the next five to ten years? Good. Well, remember how I, I began. You said, what, what what is nine marks? And I said, well, in the 80s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s, where uh, pastors were looking to business manuals and so forth. There's a sense in which Nine Marks was born out of a response to, uh, how do I put this graciously, um, unaccountable churches, shallow, consumer-driven, consumer-driven yeah. churches, uh, churches that don't take membership and discipline serious or even do it, discipleship seriously, kind of anonymous. I show up for you know 60 minutes, 90 minutes on Sunday morning, then I'm by myself the rest of the week, and my, my faith basically looks like, my, Christi- my quote-unquote Christianity basically look, looks like the world's maybe slightly cleaned up. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, the organization and the ministry and the, and the writing was responding to that. And then around, I want to say, I don't know, 2010, 11, 12, I think Mark was probably always aware of these things. I became more aware of these things in my writing and what I was publishing, mm-hmm. that actually there's, there's, there's people to our right who go a little too far, mm-hmm. who can become authoritarian with these things. Mm-hmm. So I remember one occasion I was about to speak to a, a group's a, a men's discipleship hour, and uh, 
I had my typical talk. I'm discipling, ready to go. And a, a few hours before I gave the talk, another friend of mine told me about this particular church and said, actually, Jonathan, you need to realize this, this church is, let's just say, a little too strident in, in, in their implementation of things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the people there tend to be pretty judgmental about anybody who doesn't do things exactly like they do them, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so last minute, I'm suddenly thinking, okay. Typically, I'm, I'm posturing in the direction of, say, squishy evangelical. I need to change postures, mm-hmm. look the other way, and, and talk about Christian freedom, love, <laughs> giving, yeah, giving yeah. people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know, and so I, I would say 2010, 11, 12, 13, and honestly, with some criticism we received from various bloggers mm-hmm. uh, and talking about various ab- abusive churches out there, um, I became personally... Uh, more cognizant of the need to speak in that direction as well. Mm-hmm. Like, look, folks, we're going to talk about church health, and that means certain things and expectations, but let's, A, let's stick with the Bible and not bind consciences where the Bible doesn't bind consciences, and B, let's be very careful to pastor and love people and, and not... He, I, I wrote it here. Here it is. I wrote an article called Love the Church More Than Its Health. Mm-hmm. Love the church it's more good. than its health. Yeah. Meaning if you walk into an unhealthy church, it's easy to be all judgmental and easy to kind of be critical. Like, no, that's the wrong yeah. attitude. Yeah. These are sheep. You're to love them, yeah. shepherd them, and so yeah. forth. So that, that that would, you asked about mistakes. Hmm. I don't know if that was a mistake so much as it was a an opportunity, at least for me as one voice of Nine Marks, to to grow in a, a direction that I hadn't thought so much about previously yeah. in part yeah. through criticism that we yeah. received. Yeah. That's helpful. That's helpful. And then do you have any long-term goals for the weekender? Uh, I mean, just to model church health, to give guys a, g- a good model, as I've said before, yeah. um, we are very example driven. Mm-hmm. So before here, here's an example. When we go into another country, go to <clears throat> Brazil or India we're not interested in just getting our resources over there like a lot of ministries do. Instead, what we want is we want a healthy church on the ground and a pastor that we know with whom we have a relationship. We call them hub churches. And we want to do our ministry say, in India or wherever through that healthy example, through that guy or those guys that we trust, mm-hmm. the pastors there that we trust. Yeah. Even if that slows us down, and our ability to like get stuff out there. We're not just about getting stuff out there. We're, we're interested in raising up healthy churches. And then we can point to other pastors in India to say, hey, look, look here. Mm-hmm. Um, and another long-term goal with a weekender is not to be the only church doing a weekender. Yes. And so we have a number of churches we've been encouraging and promoting to do the, the same thing. So Michael Lawrence at Henson Baptist has been doing some. Juan Sanchez in San Antonio or Austin, Texas has been doing them. Pa- uh, Paul, um, Paul, that Paul, Paul in Toronto. Paul. Tor- in Toronto. Yeah, oh, it's embarrassing. I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> oh, he, he probably he doesn't. Emails <laughs> every Don't <week>. worry. <laughs> Paul in Toronto. Um, yeah, we want other churches. Again, yeah. we, it's not we're trying to point to us yeah. per se. We're trying to point to what we think the Bible is. And insofar as we follow Christ, follow us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we want others to be able to say the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, good. So you, you said you want other churches to do these weekenders. So what, let's say there is a guy out there, Paul, listening to this podcast. The other and, Paul. Yeah, and they, and they think, you know what, I'd love to do that, bring some guys in and see, like, as best as we can what a healthy church looks like. What would be some practical steps of advice you would give them, just really practical on the ground, maybe some advice that you gave those guys? About how to do a weekender? Yeah, about how to start one, get things going. 
You don't have to get come, too come detailed. Come to a weekender. Yeah, certainly, uh, come, yeah. certainly come to a weekender. See what we do. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not the administrative guy. I'm not the. But I, I also think like you don't have to. Question. You don't have to necessarily say we're doing. We are doing a nine marks weekender. Like that's the banner. Oh yeah. Well, you just say, hey, let's invite some local guys, and this no, is what we don't do. need yeah, our name. You know, yeah, don't exactly. need our name. That's what I'm trying to get. No, at. I okay. think I think you're what you what you need to do is you need to. I mean, basically, you need to set up a schedule that allows people to come in and see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, I think elders meetings are helpful mm-hmm. to observe. I think membership. And I can uh, attest to that. Are, are helpful to observe helpful. some of some of those critical insider behind the curtain moments, like uh, elders meetings. But then also, you got to schedule it in a way that's that uh, takes people through the Sunday services, and then and then a review of the Sunday services. Now, you guys have not got to that yet, but tonight yeah, after yeah. the members meeting, you'll sit through the members meeting. After the members meeting is a service review in which Mark, with his staff and interns, will will um, say, okay, what'd you think of Sunday school? What'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? And then, okay, what'd you think of the morning music? Music? What'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? Each guy at the table gives his, his mm-hmm. opinion on on the prayers, the music, the, the sermon, and then the members meeting and so forth. And you'll see, you guys will see an abbreviated version of the review. And um, um, I, I think that learning to give and receive godly criticism and give and receive godly encouragement is a useful thing. And if, if you're going to run a weekend or finding some way to do that sort of thing is also helpful. That's great. that's great. Yeah. So transitioning a little bit from Nine Mark stuff to you, Jonathan, what's some stuff you're working on or you just wrapped up projects, books, um, that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. Thank you. I've, uh, you know, I'm always doing little articles here and there. Uh, right now I'm writing an academic article for Southern Baptist Journal of Theology on priest of all believers from a Baptist perspective. That's a little thing I'm working on last week and this week. A little, my, little my, thing. My, my, uh, my larger project right now is a book on, a book on. Drum roll, please. Congregationalism, politics. Multi-site. And multi-service. Oh, Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because I want to make friends. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You're, you're not making friends. As I want to be popular. <laughs> exactly. No when's that expected to come out? Well, it's due. I've written the first draft. It's due at Crossway on July 1st. It hopefully will be out by April 2020 for T4G 2020. Um, wow. I, I Like I said, I wrote a first draft. I've had a bunch of feedback from really good feedback from guys, and, and I'm going to rework significantly parts of it and then as i said get it across way by the end of by the end of june wow so it's crunch time in a sense oh yeah yeah it is wow well that kind of leads into my next question uh i'm going to skip a question i'll go back to you but what are some ways people can be praying for you obviously listeners can be praying for jonathan lee because he's trying to finish a book by july 1st right yeah 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 absolutely certainly please pray for that pray also for my evangelism it's just mm-hmm. always a challenge mm-hmm. living in the ministry and living in a bubble in that way, but getting to know my neighbors, yeah. uh, opportunities. I just need more. I've asked the Lord for more opportunities to evangelize yeah. and uh, the wisdom to see those moments and grab them, the courage to see those moments and mm-hmm. grab them. Um, and just my continued growth as a father and a husband. Absolutely. My, my oldest daughter is 13. My youngest daughter is five. And the, uh, the, the other, the other two, uh, 13, 12, nine. Mm. Five, and the thirteen, twelve, nine-year-old, and just getting into pre-adolescence and now adolescence is like, wow, okay, this is this is a new season. So just pray for yeah. my wisdom and knowing how to love them well. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot going on right now. Right. I I have one a son. He's he turned one on Thursday, and wife ministry and just trying to figure that out. I can't imagine putting on more kids, my job, writing a book, finishing an academic paper, 
and just life, you know, taking care of the, you know, the house, all that stuff. So yeah. we will definitely be supporting oh, you in you, that brother. way for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so one more question I ask you, but what are some stuff, what's some stuff you're reading? Could be theology, could be history, could be fiction. Um, don't say Harry Potter. <laughs> What's wrong with Harry Potter? <laughs> Nothing. Rob's a huge I'm, fan. I like Harry Potter, Rick. You're, ti- you're tired of it. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. wife likes Harry Potter. That doesn't. That doesn't. Our justify. dog's name is Neville. <laughs> that, <laughs> Seriously, yeah. that means nothing to me, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get that. <laughs> Some awesome. of the listeners understand. That's awesome. Okay. My 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 twelve, thirteen, and nine year old are all in the, into in the Potter at the moment. Uh, right now, I am. I actually don't read books. I just listen, listen to, them. to them. Nice. Audible or how I, do you yeah. listen to them? Audible. Great. So if you go to simpletheology.com slash, no, no audibletrial.com. Audible let's get this right. Audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. Oh. You can get a free book. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. So, Back to you, John. Well, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm for re, I, I do read for research. Like this, okay. this yeah. you know, priest of all believers. I've mm-hmm. been reading several books for that. But, but it's just my own enjoyment. Uh, this, I, I just don't have time these days yeah. really yeah. to read. So I am listening, and I'm about three quarters of the way through The Warmth of Other Suns. The epic story, I just pulled up my phone, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration by Isabel Wilkerson. It won the Pulitzer a few years ago, and I would strongly encourage people to read it. It's about the the, the migration of African Americans mm-hmm. in the South, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, so forth, Alabama, between World War One and the 1970s. So, so when did, you know, wow. Detroit, when did Chicago, when did Milwaukee become majority black? Well, it, mm-hmm. was, a, it was a consequence of the Great Migration. Yeah. Because as Jim Crow con- continued and just pressed in uh, on African Americans down South, a lot of them decided to migrate north and it is utterly fascinating and educating and it's not a typical history book she follows the narrative of, of three different families mm-hmm. so it, it reads like if you read unbroken or mm-hmm. Biscuit, it yeah. reads like one of those things okay. but she intersperses historical commentary along the way and honestly it just helps you see how deep the racial caste system was between white and black both in the south but now they're getting into the north in the north mm-hmm. It's just a softer version. She calls it Jane Crow instead of Jim Crow. Wow. So I would... Uh, y- well, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, reference that in the show notes. That's helpful. Do it. Do yeah. it. Cool. So, okay. So we want to respect your time, Jonathan, but just a couple more things. One, we were, I was listening to the pastor's talk the other day, uh-huh. the most recent one, and there was something about you coming upstairs trying to finish a burrito. <laughs> And that was never explained in the episode. So help me understand. What what was that? That was, that was stupid is what that was. That was we, we sat down. Mark and I sat down. And Alberto, who does our show, was playing around with the soundboard. And then Mark heard the echo or heard the, whatever that sound yeah, effect was. Yes. And he's like, oh, keep that on. We have to do that. And Alberto tried to talk him out of it. And no, Mark's like, no. He's like, no, 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 no. Just trust me. I'm going to start with that. You know, so the, the real title of the episode might be, Mark Dever discovers special effects on the soundboard. <laughs> and so he starts like that. And he's like, Jonathan, where are you? Yes. And I'm like, uh, and all I could think of was I'm eating a burrito. <laughs> I was like, That's good. I have no idea what's happening That's right now. That's all I could think of in the moment. <laughs> that I, was great. I, I kind of panicked and that came out of my mouth. Yeah. So you guys can head on over to Pastor's Talk and you can listen to that. Yeah. But that was great. But then the last thing is how can people follow you? Uh, go to ninemarks.org, follow more of the organization, I'd say, uh, or, or Twitter, at uh, ninemarks is a Twitter handle. My my own Twitter handle is at Jonathan Lehman. Are you as active as Mark Dever on Twitter? He's, I'm, I'm episodic. He's a little more consistent. 
Okay. He he. I say he tweets probably several things a day. Yeah. Um, of varying usefulness. Well, this out our window we have like uh, <laughs> construction, and I think it's like day to day. It is. I know, I know pictures of day eighty seven. Day eighty two. Day eighty one. I I'm like on Monday I'll get all fired up and I'll I'll tweet. 15 things on Monday and then I'll be quiet till like Friday. So yeah, yeah, I can appreciate that. Great. Cool. Um, so one question I've just heard this rumor about you that you have, um, a high respect or, uh, fascination with the keys, the kingdom. (laughs) And like, you want to like have, remember that for a long time. Yeah, that's right. Maybe like a tattoo or something. I was wondering, (laughs) uh, I do not have a key tattoo. What, 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 what that is, is, my first book was on membership and discipline, and I spent a lot of time studying Matthew 16 and 18, which refers to the keys of the kingdom. And Protestants tend not to talk about those. We tend to think, oh, that's Roman Catholic People territory. Yeah. And, uh, and frankly, they are, they're tough passages. Yeah. But I was just fascinated by them and spent a lot of time studying them. And uh, a lot of my writing kind of focuses on those. And so there's one quote-unquote discernment blog out there that doesn't like me very much, and they refer to me as Jonathan the Keys Lehman, which I'm happy to own. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. You know, <laughs> what so. a great nickname. Well, Jonathan the Keys Lehman, <laughs> we <laughs> appreciate you being on our, our podcast yes. today. We appreciate your time and your, just your insight. Thanks, and, guys. And really your heart for the church. We Praise really appreciate that. And as always, if you want to follow more Simple Theology, you can find us on Twitter at Simple Theology underscore. Nope, we got rid of it. Just hashtag Simple Theology Pod. Oh, you know, just go to our website, simpletheology.org. That's it. That's it. All right. All right. Peace Peace out, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jonathan.